777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Um, or you can email us at ask at SWAT That's ask ask at SWAT Doug, can you not hear anything? I don't hear us, and I'm wondering if we're going out over air. If you normally listen, send me an email. Let me know if you hear us because uh, I can hear. You can't hear that, anything? Nah, wait, wait. There we are. Wait. I can hear it now. Uh, oh. Wait, no wonder I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> now I can hear us. Wow. It helps if you have the right headset on. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny. It, 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 well, you, we, we usually only have two, but today, you know, we had a... Well, we had, well, there's a there's a new program, I guess, coming on in here or taping in here. And so things get moved around. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, Tuesday. I'm excited because tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow is SWAT groups meet yeah. and women's SWAT at 10 o'clock. Lori McCary will be leading that. And if you want more information, you can uh, go to SWATradio.com and send an email and say, hey, I want to find out more information about that. And Lori can send you an email. And uh, they, they meet at 10 tomorrow and they are in acts chapter two trying to catch up to us mm-hmm. we're actually in acts nine tomorrow um we've been uh acts is an incredible book we're in acts eight this week on the program finishing up acts eight um next week we'll be in acts nine talking about the guy who other than jesus has probably had the greatest impact on the church mm. paul yeah uh and so anyway uh we're uh, excited about that. I, you know, as, to be real honest with you, Taylor, today, yeah, my brother said he hears us, so uh, good. All right. Thanks. Good. I'm glad yeah. to know David's out there listening. Hey, David, uh, in Meridian, Mississippi, and uh, a big shout-out to our uh, listeners up on the Lighthouse in um, uh, Virginia. And they got a big election coming up in Virginia, don't they? They haven't had it yet, have they? The no, governor, I, isn't it coming up pretty soon? They're talking about the school board. No, 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 yeah. well, no, that's going to be in November, though. November, yeah. yeah that's pretty pretty big governor, right? They're getting a, a mm-hmm. governor. So uh, they're going to be uh, electing a new governor. Uh, what else is going on in the world? Anything, Taylor, uh, you see well, going on? Well, um, I don't, have you followed any of this uh, Facebook whistleblower stuff? All I know is that uh, Facebook was down for almost a day yesterday, yeah. uh, and it just happened to be the same time that, that <laughs> the yeah. whistleblower came out. Well, you know, she testified in front of Congress today, and, you know, her ties, you know, it's coming out and kind of what she's tied to. She has some deep, um, far-left ties and um, has donated to uh, some candidates that i guess we wouldn't align with us conservatives um like aoc but in her he, in her testimony it was basically facebook hasn't done enough to censor speech mm-hmm. was it was her complaint and that fr- basically free speech is dangerous that social media is dangerous because of free speech and you know i think there's issues obviously with social media and how the algorithms work and stuff like that but this seems a little bit more like a 
a orchestrated piece against Facebook to try to push for um, government control, in my opinion. Um, and Wait, you think the government's trying to control <laughs> things? Well, listen, I don't know uh, if you saw uh, Gen- Senator Josh Hawley, um, well, it was this morning, I think, uh, uh, tore into uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland Mm. about a memo that he issued yesterday yeah, I saw that. that directed the FBI to focus on identifying and prosecuting threats of violence and the keyword harassment of school boards and officials. You know who that's targeting, people that are out there uh, trying to make a difference, uh, people, parents who are opposing uh, controversial policies like mask mandates, critical race theory, and other things that are out there in the school. And that's coming on the heels of, um, I can't remember now the exact name of the the group that was requesting that the administration do something and to label those people who are protesting as domestic terrorists. Yes. Yes. Um, So that is, and then right after that, then Garland, I think the next day, or that may have happened over the weekend, and then he does this on Monday. But it is important to, to, to remind people that, the government, the GOP, um, was they confirmed this guy into office, and now he's acting, um, you know, uh, radically. I would say using uh, the FBI as a, a tool. Um, well, to, this won't be the first time, right? Yeah, <laughs> I it, mean, it's been going on for a while now. The FBI is not the FBI it was when I worked there twenty five years ago. Yeah, it's just that it, it's looking more like a uniparty instead of you know, two separate parties when stuff like this happens, and then you see that the the FBI, the the uh, the what the the state is weaponized against its own people. Yeah, and before you start jumping on me because I said something about the mass mandate, did anybody notice all the literally hundreds of thousands and even millions of football fans on Saturday last mm-hmm. week? That stormed fields, and apparently those aren't super spreader events anymore. I, I don't get what's happening. Uh, college students apparently are exempt from the coronavirus because uh, they just blasted onto the fields. And I guess the thing is, well, they're vaccinated. Well, they're still being required to wear a mask everywhere else. But on the football field, they're saying no more. And have you noticed they haven't gotten a lot of pushback? Have you noticed that? Uh, a lot of income comes in from football, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of income that gets directed to other places. And it's just really interesting to me as you uh, look at where uh, our government selectively chooses to enforce certain things. Um, anyway, I just think that's interesting. But um, yeah, it hasn't, you know, I would say that from the beginning, it hasn't been a consistent uh mindset and the reactions haven't been consistent throughout so this is really no surprise that uh there's a a standard there that uh you know yeah why can that happen and then why can people go to the met gala without masks and then the people who are working at the met gala have to wear masks you know what i mean it's just like it or you go to the bank and everybody's masked up who works there and you you don't have to wear masks depending on which bank you go to some of them they've kicked me out of because I won't wear a mask. But, you know, you go to a store and the people at the store are masked up and acting like, you know, like it's the the the, the plague, right, the bubonic plague, whereas the people who are just going about their day are not. And well, why is that? Well, because people are motivated by money. So the people who are working, they like, hey, I got to keep 
keep making money and this is what corporate's telling me to do. And corporate's like, well, we want these people's business and we don't want the hassle of trying to uh, make a mask up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I did want to address one sports thing today that I was watching the news earlier. It's only probably the only news bite I saw. And I was watching a couple of former NFL players talk about the Urban Meyer controversy. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you're aware of what's going on, but apparently uh, Coach Meyer was up in um, Ohio. Ohio. And um, he used to coach there, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was up there, but he did something that was a little unusual. He did not fly back with the team. Which that's usually a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes they say the play, the whole team will stay over, but this time the team came back and he didn't come back, and he was out at a local establishment, and there was a video that surfaced of him with some women dancing around him, one or two, I don't know, but apparently was there was some some stuff that. Um, if it had been you or me, our wives would have been no way. I mean, yeah. it would have been a bad deal. Yeah. And But all that being said, you know, he came out and he made an apology today. But what I heard these former NFL players saying is, if you're going to tell us to do something, you've got to live it out. And I found that very interesting that even in the world of the NFL, as woke as it is, is, you know, uh, there's – there's obviously no Christian bent in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But even they recognize that hypocrisy is a bad thing. Yeah. And that's what they that, they said. That was the biggest thing. They didn't comment on his personal life. They didn't comment on what was going on. But they said, if you're going to tell us to do something, then you better live it out. And I just thought that was a very interesting takeaway from these two former, really, uh, all-pro football players that were talking. They were being interviewed about it. And I thought, wow, that that's true. And it's so true in the church, isn't it? If we as leaders are going to be telling people what the Bible says and we're going to be talking about things, then hopefully, like our pastor said Sunday, you're gonna, you better preach it to yourself first. got to live it out. Yeah, and so it's, did you hear his apology by any chance? I did not. I only heard one clip of it, and he goes, "Yeah, I apologize to the team and to the front office." I didn't hear him say anything about apologizing to his wife, which I found to be pretty interesting. Now he might have said it later on in in the conference or whatever, but I was just like, "Oh, wow, that's that's telling." Well, uh, who, like you know, like this player said, I don't want to delve into his personal life, but there certainly is a lesson learned there. Uh, for leaders, that if you're going to demand something of those that follow you, you better be living it out in your life. And that was the beautiful part about Jesus. Jesus never demanded anything that he didn't demonstrate to his followers. Yeah. Um, you know, before before any of them were martyred, he died. He laid his life down. Wow. That gets your attention? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Steve, that music's loud, man. Yeah, it's loud. Pretty loud today. I'm not sure you can hear me, but we will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Um, excuse me, one second. We got our mics, uh, I think we got everything going set up right now. And um, just wanted to say real quick before we get into. Uh, <laughs> Can you hear a lot? These mics are picking it up, man. Before we get into Axe, um, I guess Steve, our producer, told me that uh, Urban Meyer did, in fact, say that he was very uh, sorry to his family and apologized to his wife. So um, I didn't hear it, but I'm glad that uh, he did say that. But, no, I'm glad that, too. That's a good thing. Well, hey, again, tomorrow, I want to remind our listeners that uh, SWAT for Women, kind of a new thing, just started a few weeks ago. My wife, Lori McCary, every Wednesday at 10 o'clock teaching here at the Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road. Um, uh, Lori is passionate about God's Word. This woman studies and puts me to shame Hmm. the way she studies the Scripture and the way she digs into it, and uh, she wants to uh, have women come together uh, in community around the Word uh, with a heart if so if you have a heart to want to grow in the knowledge of god's word and interact with other women who are passionate about pursuing the truth uh come join her and the other women that are here 7235 bonneville road on uh, um, bentley 7235 bentley not bonneville i keep saying bonneville uh here at the salem center you just come right in and send the salem room down there and uh, if you're a guy we meet here at 12 but we also meet out at the beach at uh, 6.30 and Woody's Barbecue in the morning. And uh, here at 12 noon, we have some Chick-fil-A tomorrow. And then Thursday mornings at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. And then on uh, Thursday night, we got the Zoom. If you would like to participate in that Zoom, just shoot me an email. Uh, you can go to SWATradio.com, just fill out a contact thing and send it. Or you can send it to Doug at SWATradio.com. Then Fridays, we are at the Village Inn down in St. Augustine. Uh, lots of opportunities to grow in the Word uh, with um, what our values are at SWAT, which is 
God's word is our starting point and authority. Prayer, staying close to our commander, evangelism, uh, being a witness to those we meet as we go about our daily life, and uh, discipleship, making Christ's last command our, our first priority, and then a community, uh, a, a band of brothers, or in the case of the women, sisters, who come together around the word with a passion to be like their master, like their teacher. And um, that's our SWAT values. And if you'd like to be a part, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, you know, uh, Taylor, I'm so glad that you have uh, become a part of a SWAT, uh, being on the air, not only here, but being in the SWAT groups, going to feed the homeless. We have a big, not say homeless, it's it's not just homeless people. We, we help people that are just in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, coming up in November, we have a big food outreach where we're actually – going to try to uh, have a service where we share the gospel and preach and have some music and and uh, distribute food uh, but it's been a great partnership with councilman reggie gaffney and the crc uh, so uh, we continue to ask for your prayers for that and uh, it'll be our thanksgiving outreach uh, in november so uh, yeah glad you get to be a part of that you you've gotten to do that a couple of times haven't you yep been a few times haven't got to go the last couple of times but yeah it's been a a real honor to be able to um, be there and serve in that capacity and um, was able to go with my dad and and my brother uh, one time so that was cool too to be able to bring uh, the family in on that as well and be able to serve with them it's a, a cool cool experience and you know you really feel like you're helping people and and showing them the, the light that that is uh, within us, the, the love of Christ. So and, Yeah, and we don't just give out physical food. We give out spiritual food mm-hmm. there, too, so it's really good. Well, uh, this week we are in Acts uh, chapter 8, and we're looking at verses 26 through 40. We're finishing up Acts chapter 8, and we're looking specifically at uh, the story of uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And as we looked at this, we talked about um, divine opportunities yesterday and how God brings these divine opportunities into his servant's life. And he puts some responsibilities on us as his servants as we live out our life. You know, a lot of people just have the mindset that they just want to get saved. They just want to be saved from uh, – they want to be saved about um, – not going to hell they 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 want their sins forgiven those are i mean that's good things but that's not why we're in relationship with god the father he brings us into his family and then deploys us as his witnesses and he calls us his servants to uh, we said yesterday and this text illustrates it to shema and obey his leading in other words we are to be in relationship with him in such a way that we're sensitive to his voice, not an external audible voice necessarily, but it's that inner voice from spending time with him and the Holy being sensitive to the spirit uh, and obeying his leading as he leads us. And we, we looked at uh, Philip, how Philip was in Samaria having this great outreach opportunity, seeing a lot of results. And God said, I want you to go now to the desert road that goes to Gaza. And you will wait a minute, what, what about here? We're, we got so much work to do here. And God says, no, I want you to go there. So we, we looked at that. I had you read yesterday 
um, versus, I think I had your, whatever. Have fun. I read the whole thing. Oh, you did you read it all? Mm-hmm. Well, good. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to have you read part of it again today. Um, but we looked at uh, Philip and, and how he obeyed, and we went to Mark chapter 1 to a story of Jesus where Jesus was having a, a miraculous day in Capernaum, and he withdrew to be with his father, and, and God said, I want you to go to other cities. And the Greek word there we said was unwalled cities. It was cities that were relatively unimportant to the world but important to God. And um, we, we kind of ended up uh, in Acts 16 where Paul was told not to go to Asia or Bithynia. So sometimes the Spirit leads us not to go or do something. And then in Acts 20, we saw the Spirit leading Paul uh, kind of, telling him where he was going to go. He was going to beatings awaited him and prison, and he wasn't going to see these people anymore, the Ephesian elders. And so the spirit leads us. And I said yesterday, I was going to share a story. So before we get into the part today about knowing his word, being ready to share the good news, which Philip was ready and prepared. Um, and, and by the way, that's not necessarily going to seminary or rabbi school that's the spirit preparing you through his people. But I want to go back to yesterday, uh, shemaing and obeying his leading. I was in Texas a couple of years ago, and I was speaking on a Saturday and then preaching at a church on a Sunday. And while I was, uh, I finished speaking Saturday morning, and I was at the hotel, and uh, my back was bothering me, so I went to get in the hot tub outside. So I just put on my gym shorts and went down there, took my shirt off, got in the hot tub, was trying to figure out how to start it because I didn't see a switch. There's usually a switch. And there was a couple sitting at a table. And I I um, asked them if they knew how to start it. And they weren't sure. Finally, we figured it out. But I, I was in a hot tub for a little while. And as I was in the hot tub, I just sensed that I needed to talk to this couple. And so the guy was wearing military uh, shorts. And they were fatigue or kind of shorts and kind of a muscle shirt, and uh, he he kind of looked like a former law enforcement or a military guy. And they were both on the computers, and they were working, but they were talking. And so I just brought up some introductory conversation and then tried to throw in some spiritual springboards. And before you know it, we were in a full-blown conversation. I'd shared my testimony with them, and as I was sharing with them, it was obvious to me that as I was sharing about my own personal walk with the Lord, that they they did they weren't uninterested, but they didn't seem uh, to have the same level of buy-in that I did. You know, you ever get that feeling when you're mm-hmm. talking to people? It's like they they value it in some way, but they're just they 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 look like a deer in headlights when you talk about some spiritual truths. And so, as I was sharing with that, I began to share. Uh, and I shared the gospel with them, and they said, yeah, we've done that, we've done that. But um, So I said, well, listen, I'm preaching at church tomorrow. I would love for you to come. And so um, I left, and as I started walking away, I sensed the Spirit saying, nope, you're not done yet. Mm. So I go back over there, and I talk to them, and 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 they were not married. And as I was talking to them, um, they both had come out of very, uh, painful marriages. They both had kids out of those marriages and they were in a relationship, but they didn't know where it was going. But God prompted me at that moment, I believe 
to uh, talk to them about their sexual purity with each other, which is a very awkward conversation <laughs> with a guy you don't know yeah. who's wearing gym shorts and a towel around his neck and no shirt on who just got out of a hot tub. And so as I'm sharing with them and asking them about their sexual purity, they were both honest, but both uh, embarrassed about the fact that even though they said they loved God, even though they said they loved each other, that they were not operating outside of, or they were operating outside of God's design. And God just was very graciously sharing with them through me his word and First uh, Thessalonians 4, where he said, this is the will of God. You abstain from sexual immorality. And and so I shared that with them and talked to them. And they they both had a very humble spirit about it and were open to the things I was sharing. And again, I invited them to church and, and I said, I'll see you guys. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. And as I walked away, the spirit said, you're not done <laughs> again. And, and said, you know, so I'm like, go get them two Bibles. So I drove around Houston looking for a place that sold study Bibles, and I found two MacArthur study Bibles. I think they were MacArthur. They might have been, uh, been just uh, ESV study Bibles. But I got them two study Bibles and brought them back. And they were still outside. And, I mean, I was gone for at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And when I came back, they were still there by the pool. And I just said, hey, guys, I, I wanted to give these to you. Well, they didn't come to church the next morning, but they were grateful to have the Bibles. And now that guy has been on our SWAT Zoom calls for the last two years. Oh, wow. Huh. And uh, and it was just a real divine appointment. But again, are we being sensitive to that spirit because sometimes the spirit may lead you to do some awkward things and yeah. there were a couple of awkward things in that <laughs> yeah but he calls us to obey and that's what we see in philip and when we come back we're going to talk about the second principle which is knowing his word and being ready to share that good news all right so stick with us we will be back with more after the news we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in virginia at the lighthouse as well as in meridian mississippi listening on wmer and all of you who are listening here locally 91 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, we'd like to give a shout out to all of you listening online, wherever you are around the country or the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio. That is All My Hope by David Crowder. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40 um, this week, and we are focusing, uh, we're getting, going to be talking about uh, Know His Word. That's kind of the story that Doug shared right before the break, and now we're going to be getting into the text. This is verse uh, 30 uh, through 35, uh, roughly speaking. Yes, sir. And, um, uh 
It, we, I don't remember. Did you hear that story last week? Uh-uh. That's why, yeah. I had to step out. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's fascinating. Yet, and, and like I said, he was on the call Thursday night when I shared the story. Huh. And so I got him to actually help share the story with me. Oh, it was wow, kinda, that's cool. Yeah, it, it was kind of a cool thing. But that that's uh, shamaying and obeying is leading when sometimes it's not comfortable. Um, and it was pretty bold of philip to go up to this eunuch this eunuch was like a cfo to candace the word candace there is not a proper name it's kind of like a title like pharaoh is to egypt really like when you say yeah when you say pharaoh um pharaoh was not just one person that was the title right of the Uh leader of egypt in the same way candace was the title for the queen mother for the king over in Ethiopia, which was more Africa. It wasn't the country of Ethiopia. It was like the the African area over Hmm. there around that. And so that was more of a title. And so here's this guy is on. In fact, I want you to read it. Go ahead and read. Read. You don't have to read the whole thing today. Why don't you just read through verse 35 today? Okay, Just, just start in 26. Read 26 to 35. All right. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an official, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading isaiah the prophet and asked do you understand what you are reading and he said how can i unless someone guides me and he invited philip to come up and sit with him now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this like a sheep he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent so he opens not his mouth in his humiliation justice was denied him who could describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth and the eunuch said to philip about whom i ask does this uh does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else then philip opened his mouth and began with this script with this scripture he told him the good news about jesus so notice how the last thing you said with this scripture he began right there and started to tell him the good news that's the evangelizo that's the 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 salva- salvation message about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, that's the lordship message of Jesus where he reigns over all. He started where he was, which was where? Isaiah 53. Now, prior to uh, Jesus and the disciples, no Jew would have known that the Messiah was going to suffer. They, see, they, they saw the Messiah as being a military kind of leader like a king like david king david in that vein and they did not see the messiah as a suffering servant which is why they didn't recognize jesus when he came but it says that philip started right there and began to share with them good news now what's fascinating about that to me is that philip was a hellenistic jew he didn't even know about isaiah 53 from that perspective probably until he came to the feast, heard Peter preach, and then responded to the gospel. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that because the Spirit had not yet been given yet, 
even the disciples who walked with Jesus didn't understand it until after the crucifixion, right? Yeah. And so Jesus had been trying to tell them, I got to die, I got to die, I got to die, and they never heard it. And so here's the thing that, here's Philip uh, who's sharing with the Ethiopian eunuch. Now people are going, what's a eunuch? Like I said yesterday, a eunuch uh, was uh, was a, a man that was castrated, which means his his sexual reproducing organs were uh, were cut off, crushed, whatever they did to him to make him uh, not be able to do that anymore. And uh, the the kings would do that with people who served in high capacity uh, offices for the kings, whether it was taking care of the king's wives or the concubines or his money. Yeah. Uh, and the reason they did that is they did not want these men to be seduced and influenced to overthrow them or to impregnate any of the wives, concubines, and have it be their child when in reality, I mean, uh, yeah, it was their child and the king thinking it was his child. So that's what it means. And Jesus even commented, he said, some men are eunuchs um, because they're born that way, means they're born with a birth defect that, that makes them unable to reproduce. Some men are born or are made that way by leaders, and then some men choose to be celibate. And they were referred to as eunuchs because they chose to be celibate, even though they may not have been physically castrated. So that's what the eunuch is. So this eunuch has been to Jerusalem, and he'd been there to worship God. Now, what's really fascinating is in the book of Deuteronomy, um, over in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 23, the, uh, it says that uh, 23 verse 1, that uh, you, well, in fact, if you look it up, Taylor, just read 23 verse 1 real quick. All right. I got to flip to Deuteronomy. That's okay. Oh man, my sword drills. I'm rusty. Uh, yeah, you got it. We got to get you doing some. <laughs> Remember some when you? I don't know. Did you do that when you? Yeah, were Yeah, I did. I yeah, did. flip through them. You said verse twenty three. What? Yeah, uh, verse one. Oh, chapter twenty three, verse one. All right. No one whose testicles are crushed or whose male organ is cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. Wow. So that's pretty specific there. Yeah. That means, and the reason that's there is that God wants to state very clearly he does not approve of this practice, that he wants, because this goes against his design. What was his design? For man to do what? Be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, you can't multiply if you've been castrated. And so he uh, put that in Deuteronomy 23. But guess where the eunuch was? He went to Jerusalem to worship. He may not even been allowed to go into the temple. Hmm. So he had to worship maybe in the outer court, maybe, if they let him in there. But he went there to worship. Do you think it took commitment for him to come worshiping, knowing that he couldn't go in to where all the other Jews went? Yeah. Because he was a Jew, either by being a proselyte or a Hellenistic Jew. And so here he was on this road. He was coming from the temple, and he was still reading God's word. Now, God's word wasn't plentiful 
there in written form like it is today in this country or in a lot of places. I mean, not everybody had a copy of the the scrolls. I bet you Philip didn't even have a copy of the scrolls. I bet you most of the apostles didn't have a copy of the scrolls. It was expensive. They couldn't afford it. And so the, the scrolls were kept in a Torah closet. But guess what? This guy had a copy of Isaiah, and he was reading it going down the road. And as he's reading it, Philip hears him, and the Spirit says, go. And he ran over there to him. And he says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Now, that's an interesting question coming from a guy of a lower class. In the Mm -hmm. East, class systems are very important. People that do not have money don't speak to people that do have money. That's just the way that those cultures operate. Uh, Somebody who was a journeyman or somebody who's out living on the road, which Philip was, would never address somebody who was an official, like a CFO, for a, for a royalty. And yet Philip ran over and said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He was bold. We can't even be bold to talk to somebody down the street, one of our neighbors. And yet Philip is bold. He goes over there. He asks him, do you understand? And we see the humility of the eunuch when he says, how can I? I have nobody to explain it to me. And so uh, Philip knew his word because what did he do? He invited him up, and Philip didn't go, oh, I don't know. He went up, and he explained, starting right where he was. We have to know God's word and be ready to share the good news when we have opportunities. Joshua 1.8 says we should meditate on God's word day and night to do according to all that's written in it. We that Meditate day and night. Read it morning and night because you can't read you can't meditate if you don't read it. And I, I find that most people view reading the Bible as an obligation. It's not a necessity. You know, I, I, most people don't go to the breakfast table and go, man, I got to eat breakfast today. <laughs> I hate breakfast. Taylor, man, we got to eat lunch. Oh, I hate doing this. Now, nobody says that about the Bible, but they don't view eating as an obligation. In the same way, when we read God's word, we feed our soul. And God calls us to know his word to be ready to share. So I don't know if that's important to you. I don't know if you're reading the word regularly. Maybe you're one of these people who say, I just can't understand it. Well, you're never going to understand it if you stop reading it because you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. What that should do is drive you to say, Lord, help me understand one thing about this passage today. You may not understand everything. I don't understand everything when I read. None of us do. But we ask him, Lord, show me one thing about yourself. Show me one thing about your son. Show me one thing about the Holy Spirit. Lord, show me is there a promise here. Help me understand. And as you go through the word, God continues to grow you like a child who's going through grade school and on into high school and on into college through his word. It's a process. Acts 1.8 says, you will be my witnesses. Of what? We, we, you can't just be a witness of what he's done in your life. That's the starting point. You have to be a witness of the gospel. The gospel comes out of his word, and it's all through it. It's not just Jesus died on the cross. That's part of it. But Isaiah 52, 17, or 52, 7, it's, it's also that he reigns mm-hmm. and knowing a lot of other things. So 
when we uh, come back, we're going to pick back up on that and uh, look into that a little more. All right, so stick with us. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. David Crowder again, this time with Red Letters. um, Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40 this week. Today we are focusing in on verses 30 through 35. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. Again, 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. So, Taylor, I want to go back to what you read. When you read from Isaiah 53, it was the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before his shears is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch asked Philip about who is this guy talking? Is he talking about himself or somebody else? And that's where it says, says, beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news. A lot of people just, a lot of people don't study God's word to be able to share. Mm. A lot of people just, you know, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with reading a track and you don't, like I said, you don't have to go to seminary to know how to share the gospel with people. But the the Bible is about the gospel. From Genesis to Revelation, it talks about it. Genesis 3 is the first mention of the good news. And, and it's all throughout Scripture. And so there's parts of the Bible that talk about Jesus' death on the cross and the mystery being fulfilled, what it, what it was. In the Old Testament, they didn't know 
what it was going to look like. But they knew that God was sending a redeemer, the Messiah, the anointed one. And so the Bible says in Romans 10, and we talked about this last week, um, it, it says that how are they to hear if no one preaches? How will they call on him, verse 14, in whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, the euangelizo. And we as believers need to know God's word. We need to meditate on it. All scripture is God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scriptures God-breathed and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, instruction, that the, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. And so as we think about God's word, are we reading his word? Are we studying his word? Are we preparing ourselves? I had a guy one time ask me or tell me, he goes, man, you know, I really want to teach. How do I get into teaching the Bible? Like, I really want to teach. And I said, well, tell me what you're doing right now. And he said, well, nothing. I said, are you teaching anywhere? No. I said, are you prepared to teach anywhere? He goes, what do you mean? I mean, like, have you been studying anything like a book in the Bible that you could teach or, you know, preparing to teach? Well, no, I, mean, I don't have anywhere. I said, but if you prepared yourself, maybe God would give you somewhere. Mm-hmm. You see, we should always be studying with the intent of taking what we read and thinking, how can I proclaim this? Listen to what John says. I told on this this morning over on the West Side at the West Side Bible study in First John. This is John the Apostle. And he said, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it. Now, he's talking there about what? About his personal testimony. We walked with Jesus. We saw the light up on the Mount of Transfiguration. We testify to it, he says, and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also for you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father. And we write these things so that our joy may be complete. John's joy was complete in sharing the good news and theology with people. A lot of times we think it's just about telling people Jesus died on the cross. That's part of it. But, man... It's also telling people, hey, did you know what the gospel is? Did you know that when Paul talks about the gospel over in Romans chapter 10, that that same, you know, that that when he quotes from Isaiah in the Old Testament and you go back to that passage, you can see a, a, a more detailed explanation of what the gospel encompasses. I didn't know that till a few years ago, and I've been walking with Christ a long time. Yeah, And so the, the Bible is like this multifaceted diamond that you can look at it a thousand times a day and you still see beautiful colors and you see different angles and God reveals different things. And, and you know, Paul, when he was writing to the Colossian church, he said, listen, 
you need to know how to answer each person. We have made sharing the gospel a cookie-cutter approach where we just go, okay, let's print this gospel presentation out, and this is what we train people, and people feel like car salesmen trying to sell them a car. Yeah. No offense out there to the car salesman. <laughs> or insurance salesmen trying to sell them an insurance policy. No offense to those either. But we're not salesmen. We're, we're followers of Jesus. Paul, in fact, when he was referring to people who were followers of Jesus, called them followers of the way. Yeah. I mean, and that was kind of a derogatory term, believe it or not. It was kind of a slant on them uh, that uh, they were followers of, quote, the way, the only way to God the Father. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and mm-hmm. the life. He was the only way to God the Father. It's what Peter said, right? Yeah. But and so they were called the way, the followers of the way. I thought that was like the early, the early name that was adopted. I didn't think. No, it was more. It was like Christian. The word Christian is little, little Christ. Christ was a slam too. Hmm. Both of those terms were really kind of derogatory terms about early believers. I didn't know. We that. we think they're positive terms. Yeah. But the early. The, the Jewish people referred to them as followers of the way or Christians. Uh, the Gentiles may have called them Christians, I think, uh, as a derogatory term, little Christ. Mm. You know, and so now we've kind of made them positive for us. And so we have to know his word, know how to answer each person. Um, at Colossians 4, 6, before it says, know how you should respond, says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. And um, I hate it when that word always is in Scripture like that because that's hard to do. Let your speech always be gracious. You mean when a guy cuts me off in traffic? Always. You mean when my my um, my relative, my spouse, my children, my friend, they do something that really hurts me or bothers me? Always. I mean, it's hard to do those kind of things, but it's in doing those things that your witness is, wow, these people are different. I got a question for you. What about when, you know, uh, not a harsh word, but, you know, corrective word comes out and it, it needs to be forceful in a certain situation? Like, how, how do you season that with uh, grace? You mean like you brood of vipers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there obviously are times where uh, strong language is, you know, necessary. So, I guess there's, okay. So there is. Is no, that the gracious thing to do to call them brood of vipers? There, there is no love without truth. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, like so. I I think um, there there are times for maybe forceful exhortation. Obviously, we see that in Jesus when mm-hmm. he ripped the tables over. Jesus didn't sin, mm-hmm. and he turned the tables over in the temple. You know, and and so he was. Uh, righteously angry at what was going on. Um, but he was graciously telling them the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I was, cause you know, I was thinking that most people probably would read that and think, Oh, you gotta always, you know, I don't be approach people in a way that they want to hear things. But, um, yeah, that how Jesus responded in certain ways is that was the best way to, show them the truth and to speak the truth. Right. I, I would, that's how I would kind of take it. And not that, you know, 
we're Jesus or anything like that. And, oh, we're going to just <laughs> go popping off on people. But, you know, that, that there is a time that, that, you know, that strong words are necessary and um, just make sure that it's being done in love and looking to reconcile and not tear people apart, I think. Well, I, I shared this at SWAT last week that when I was over in Kazakhstan, um, I was ministering, and one day I was approached by a guy at the place we were having lunch, and I ended up uh, spending the time after lunch with 13 Muslim missionaries from Iraq, Iran, uh, Lebanon, different places, and they were all in Kazakhstan trying to evangelize people for Islam. And um, I was absolutely humiliated at my lack of Bible knowledge compared to these guys. Mm. And I was over there doing ministry. And uh, they knew the Old Testament. They knew a lot of passages I had no clue. And they were asking me about passages I'd never really studied. And that's why I think it's important for us to understand in the Old Testament, there's context to those passages. And if you don't know them, you can't defend them. Yeah, and... You're saying they are were missionaries for Islam, yes, right, and and that culture that they come, they have a better understanding of that cultural context, right? They did yeah. in the in the East, um, and so uh, all that to say, it, it really exhorted me to know His Word to be ready to share the good news, and so, um, so just to recap real quick, as His servants, if you're out there and you're not shimaing, listening, and obeying His leading and you don't know his word, and you're not ready to share the good news, we need to repent, and we need to say, God, help me, because I want to be your servant. I'm in your family, and I want to I want to be faithful to the gospel. That's what we need to be about. All right, that's good stuff. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for more. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual